got a whole lot of loving just for you. I got all this loving, but I just want you. Hello, and welcome to Heller Radio. I'm Nora Rose. I am Sally. And I'm Kate. And we need to talk about Destiel. Oh, these are such good episodes. We were just talking about how these are <laughs> such good episodes. <laughs> um, so I'll just jump into the summary. I'll give a full summary for the girl in, with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo, even though we're only going to talk about one scene. Um, uh, Felicia Day guest stars uh, Dick Roman acquires Frank's hard drive that contains sensitive information about the Winchesters and gives it to an unsuspecting brilliant hacker named Charlie, telling her she has three days to crack the firewall or she is fired. Sam and Dean are tipped off that Dick has the hard drive and race to get to Charlie before she breaks the code. Meanwhile, Bobby tries to help the brothers, but his ghost rage towards Dick for killing him starts to get in the way. Uh, Okay, and then reading is fundamental. Castiel awakens from his comatose state. Meg calls Dean and Sam and tells them Castiel is awake and talking. Meanwhile, a teenager named Kevin Tran (laughs) gets hit by a bolt of lightning and is turned into a reluctant prophet. Sam and Dean believe Kevin holds the key to defeating the Leviathans, but must fight off two angels who want him for their own purposes. And then finally, survival of the fittest. Sam and Dean storm Sukocorp to take down Dick Roman. Dean and Sam prepare for battle with Dick Roman. Dick's in the final phase of his plan, and the Winchesters must team up with Castiel, Bobby, Meg, and Kevin the Prophet to stop him. However, Dick is one of the smartest enemies they've ever faced, so it's a mind game to see who can get the upper hand. Also, they team up with Crowley, too, so I don't know why that wasn't mentioned. <laughs> Probably because he ends up betraying them in the end. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. They've gone through it so many times, it's just a given that Crowley's involved in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all of my... Uh, I was writing down themes and I was like, okay, this one is related to this. And this is, they're, they're all, they're all interconnected. Yep. Same. (laughs) (laughs) So I have, uh, falling, which is related to sanity, which is related to being broken, which is related to trust. Hmm. Do go on. (laughs) (laughs) well obviously these are all uh very cast centric themes um but they can be related to a number of the characters as well um i mean the falling becomes obvious especially in that line from hester uh you have fallen in every way imaginable which is just so good it's so good and it also like as people who have watched the whole rest of the series um no he hasn't (laughs) (laughs) 
yes. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> yep. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it happens. The The falling of the angels happens at the end of next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's coming up. Um, and then sanity, I think, is fairly obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it being related to being broken, the uh, nobody cares that you're broken, Cass. Line is uh, so heartbreaking. Because, especially because it's not true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's, judging by how Dean behaves, like five five minutes before that, the way he behaves, yeah, so. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a process to get to that. It's a process, <laughs> and it definitely feels like projecting because he feels like oh, nobody yeah. nobody cares that he's broken, so Cass yeah. must be in the same boat. Yeah, yep, yep, and then trust finally with the whole I'm not going to get into the details of it yet but the whole conversation there at the end of uh, survival of the fittest um, with the Impala under the sh sheet there uh, that whole conversation is all about trust mm -hmm. and yep. I mean, like I said, it can also be applied to plenty of other characters as well. Like we were just saying, trusting Crowley, that he gives them the right blood. And Meg. Trusting Meg, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And just to throw it in there, trusting Charlie, too. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, this random girl and they and they yeah build this trust immediately what else do you guys have well i have purpose mm. which to me relates a lot to meg in this episode i mean she is literally yeah. speaking about it like has a couple of lines um and then also kevin who had yes. yeah his whole life altered like in in a second and then for kevin also like doing the right thing and also for meg i feel like that plays into the purpose topic yeah. in general yeah. here and, and uh, of course i have corruption for cass and dean yes. <laughs> because yes. yeah the way you were talking about hester i kind of yeah uh, try to sum it up with corruption, everything that's going on in that uh, discussion. Yeah, and uh, yeah. then Bobby, um, for me, in this these episodes is mainly representing guilt, and so is Cass, mm. and yeah. anger, which is also related to Bobby, and I would say that mainly to Dean in the last two yeah. episodes, for sure. Yeah, I feel like anger can be a Dean theme for the entire show. existence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, doing the right thing also is very Charlie 
theme. Uh, yes. Yeah, she yes. is. Yeah, what would yeah, what would Hermione do, or the then everything before that when she is like uh, donating money and you know, yeah, having yeah. problems well, with authority figures. Yes. <laughs> she's. I'm gonna try not to talk a lot about Charlie because I could talk about Charlie for hours on end. Um, but she's got this thing too that's like kind of unspoken. Other than Hermione, she's also got all of this Wonder Woman stuff. She's got Arwen on her computer. She's got, you know, all of these heroes, these particularly female heroes surrounding her life that she is taking inspiration from. Mm -hmm. Charlie is very interesting to me. And I know we have agreed not to talk about her a lot, but in a way... I mean, for, for Dean and for Charlie to bec become such close, I'll say, friends, they mean that they, it means that they have to, like, share something that's fundamentally, like, the same worldview. And they yeah. kind of do. And, like, when you have a peek at, at Charlie's world and what kind of hero she has and what she surrounds herself with, and then compare that to Dean, uh, you kind of understand how differently Dean's life could have gone if yeah. you know if he he had the same environment or I don't yeah. know the yeah. same possibilities and opportunities as Charlie did I guess yeah so yeah. yeah yeah they both came from a place of that we find out later losing their moms uh, and they're both huge nerds and um, yeah they're just an interesting mirror for each other. Yeah. yeah, but it's like in in Charlie's case, it's like everything that she has surrounded herself with is there to like build her up, and in Dean's case, everything is there to repress him. So that's like, yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. How about you, Kate? Uh, what themes did you have? I'll be honest, I had a hard time with themes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I also had, uh, guilt, uh, like you, Sally, and also assigning blame, because mm, Cass really does, does a lot of what Dean does, which is, like, absorbing the blame, like, yes, he did do those things, but he's very much like, this is on me, he's not making excuses, even though he's not the same cast that we've seen before, he's yeah. very like I am going to atone I am going to recognize that I did these things um and having that guilt and then I was back on my bullshit again about lost and found <laughs> as a theme <laughs> like for the fourth episode in a row but um, <laughs> the fact that they have to lose Bobby a second time yeah and that they get cast back a second time uh I thought was interesting that they had those parallels from previous episodes. I mean, it's also very interesting that the scene they lose Bobby in is like is is the turning point for Cass. I didn't remember that we had this shot of Cass being yeah. there as it happens, like sitting uh, on stairs, and I mean that's there for a reason. They literally, it's it's it was kickstarts, you know the yeah. what follows. So yeah. Yeah, and I've mm -hmm, totally forgot sure. the cast was there too for that. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was interesting how they 
kept playing with that idea of losing and gaining people. Yeah. Um, and then I also just had the coding in bold for uh, <laughs> the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo with uh, the scene we're going to talk about. So. <laughs> uh, I love it. Sh- anything else? Should we go to break? Sure. Let's go to break. Let's do break. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <sighs> The scene! I swear to God! (laughs) The first thing I have to say is is um, I mean they kind of were hinting at Charlie being lesbian throughout the the whole episode um, but they didn't actually outright say it until she says as in he's not a girl and then and then it's Dean's reaction is, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's like, Dean, you have met gay people in your life before. Calm down. (laughs) No, he's literally, he's so repressed that he, like, he genuinely forgets queer people exist. (laughs) Yeah. And every time it's like a little shock. Every single time he learns that somebody's not straight, he's just like, but what? (laughs) (laughs) That can happen? That's allowed? (laughs) He has to like... Not for you, but to (laughs) other people it is allowed. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, he has to like visibly, you see him like have to reset his worldview every time. suggestion about tattoos and she's like mine is princess leia in the slave bikini straddling a 20-sided tie <laughs> and he's not judgmental at all nope. <laughs> not at all she, but there's there's the silence and she thinks he's being judgmental and he's like and she's like i was drunk it was comic con <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this is honestly the lesbian gay solidarity <laughs> in this TV show. And like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll walk you through it. Let's go. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, yes, he just doesn't even question it. He's just like, well, we're, we're going to work through this. I'll walk you through it. I've done this before. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the same line wait what <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah I just, the water he just goes for it. Uh, I loved how he brings up like Scarlett Johansson because I mean for me she's such an iconic like everybody has had a crush on Scarlett Johansson you know everybody yeah. and their mom so it's it's a very safe choice <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh man. <Yeah. laughs> oh man. 
Can we talk about the framing for a second? Yes! Yes, so, let's. <laughs> so I love that they started doing this, like, Ocean's Eleven heist framing multiple cameras uh, thing. Yes. It's awesome. This, the structure of this whole episode is great. Shout out to the editors. But, um, yeah, so... I know this is a podcast and not visual, but the, <laughs> the three shots are the security guard, Dean facing the security guard, <laughs> then Charlie. <laughs> and that had to be a choice. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes so much more sense to have Charlie in the middle facing the guard who's facing her and then Dean behind Charlie facing the back of charlie's head because he's whispering in her ear yeah he's feeding the lines yeah 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 also it would be symmetrical because charlie's the girl in the middle she'd have <laughs> the two guys facing her like that makes so much more sense for what <laughs> they were trying to do why is dean face to face with the security guard and the shots are so close <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Because he has so much chemistry with guys, even if they are not actually in the same shot. Oh my god. <laughs> it just brought me back to, like, Aaron Bass vibes. <laughs> like, it just... It brought me yeah. into the future for Aaron Bass vibes. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It just... Oh, it makes me absolutely insane. Because that was a choice, and either they made that choice to be funny, or they made that choice for solidarity. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was a lot of me ranting. Knows. No, no. <laughs> no, yes. We are very correct to rant about the, that. The other thing that makes me crazy is that he's not just saying the lines, like, by rote. He's turned away from Sam... And uh -huh. he's smiling, and he's actually flirting. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie can't see that. The guard yeah. can't see that. He's doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Duh. Um, yeah, like, he could oh, just be, yeah. like, thinking of lines, like, bored or embarrassed. He's, like, leaning into it. He, like, leans down into the phone. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because he's hiding from Sam or if he's just imagining himself flirting with this guy. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, but also he's kind of aware how it looks because he he does turn to Sammy a couple of times and he's like, this didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Sam losing it is just the icing on the cake. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> real, uh, real sibling moment right there. Oh, man. And then that Charlie says, I feel dirty. And then Dean says, you and me both, sisters. <laughs> yeah. Solidarity. Yep. Yep. Reading is fundamental? Um, I did have one other thing about... Okay. Um, I had a question for you guys. Do you think that... Uh, Dick's office where Charlie is um, stealing the data is the same office that they used for It's a Terrible Life. Mm. Oh. <laughs> because structurally it looks the same. Yeah, it does. But I couldn't find any like trivia about it if they would have kept the same set 
or if they would have I mean they, like I mean it's an office <laughs> yeah it's an office there's only so many ways you can have an office but it just felt really reminiscent of Dean Smith's office because it has the big window in the background mm-hmm. and the big desk and it just felt very oh, could be, yeah. similar to It's a Terrible Life. And I was just like, the coding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to say that it is because I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for building that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay, reading is fundamental. Um, first of all, I love Kevin. Literally, this hair first, is terrible. First but note. I love Kevin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. His original um, hair is so terrible. It's so bad. Uh, but, but, then, and then, this has nothing to do with anything. I just love the way Dean says, Does that sound like somebody saying, No, wait, stop? Do you? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was a fun scene i just wrote sam and dean wearing safety goggles is something that can be so personal (laughs) yeah it's like it's like that time that they you that they were trying to break out of the bunker and they weren't gonna wear safety goggles and then and then they were like nope okay we need safety goggles we need gear Because they had them from, uh, they had them from, well, no, they use them later for the, uh, the switcheroo with, uh, yeah. the bomb and stuff. I just love the, these are the guys who will use, like, whiskey over wounds, but they have, like, safety goggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just Friend. dump a bunch of sugar and alcohol in your wound, it's fine, <laughs> but we need to have these little plastic safety goggles. <laughs> it's so oh, good. Oh, man. Oh, and then when Meg calls and uh, she calls, she calls Sam, which is an interesting choice. Demons um, love Sam. <laughs> Catch up. <laughs> that one, that one. Um, but but it's about Cass, and she knows. She, she, I mean, she literally says later on he was bo- your boyfriend first to Dean. Yeah. Um. So it's not like, yeah, anyway. That's exactly just, why she is calling Sam and not Dean, because Dean was his <laughs> boyfriend first. It's a jealousy. Okay. Also, oh. And it just gives it, her a chance to mess with Dean again, because then as soon as he knows who Sam is talking to, he like clambers over and he he's so excited. He is so excited. Talk to Kat. <laughs> And then he gets microaggression again by being called yes. Seacrest. Which <laughs> <laughs> was great. Oh, man. And then, can we talk about the music as they walk into the room at the hospital? Please do, because I don't remember it. It's like this sweeping, beautiful romantic bullshit really right yes because the music i noticed was was the other track in the next episode when they are outside and Cass is in the car and starry night is like yeah but i I totally missed yeah i totally missed the one you were talking about right now me too 
Yeah, no, the music when they're walking into the room is just this beautiful, I wish I had put down more notes about like the instruments and stuff, but I didn't. It's, I just said it was so romantic. Oh. Oh, I think Katie's looking up. Well, I'm looking song. it up. Was it um, like instrumental or was it? Instrumental. Okay, so then it wouldn't be listed here because for a second I yeah. saw on the IMDb credits "Chaos" by Ryan Adams, and I was like, "That can't <laughs> be right." <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember the music, so I'm glad that you do because um, I have to go back and watch it now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. I was sitting there going like, literally, what what else is this music supposed to mean? I mean, it definitely matches Dean's face because when he sees Cass, he's mm-hmm. like wide-eyed and he like hardly looks away from Cass at all. Yeah. See him. He is playing such a tough guy as if he really doesn't care and it's like not, isn't really bothered about it as they are walking in. But like the moment yeah. he goes inside and actually sees the back of Cass's head, yeah. he's yeah. totally gone. <laughs> yeah. His eyes are Yeah, huge. and the little... And the stupid little smile that he has, too. The stupid smile, I love it. Yeah. stupid (laughs) little face. But yeah, when he's walking in, I had a note of him saying, I can't say I'm excited to see what's left of the guy. Like, he's he's going in prepared to just see him the way that Sam was, like an absolute mess. And it's heartbreaking. And then he goes in and he sees that he's, you know, walking and talking. And, oh, he just keeps staring at him. Yeah. And then when Cass turns around and says, hello, Dean, the butterflies just (laughs) explode. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. And then a little later, after Cass disappears down to the playroom, um, and he goes down to talk to him. And he sees him sitting there and he just has to, he just, this big sigh to like work himself up to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it awful. Hurts. It's awful. And then they pause, they, he has that pause in the doorway to the day room and then it cuts to Sam and Ruby dealing with Kevin showing up. So we have this like cliffhanger of what's going on. Yeah. Between yeah. the two. And the same thing happens uh, in the last episode uh, where where uh, where Dean approaches him in the car and he like literally has to prepare himself once he sees Cass in the car. So even like the the camera pans, follows Jensen's yeah. face, and then goes back down. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, backing oh, up a little bit when Cass yeah. goes. I love you guys and hugs them while he's holding the tablet. Sam gives him a hug like normal and Dean is all weird about it. Yeah. He's just so like, what do I, what is a hug? Like he's just completely taken off his balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. And then when Cass zaps down to the day room, Dean just automatically is like, I'll go handle Cass. And like, Bow-legged walks away. <laughs> Just goes immediately. <laughs> to uh, 
talk about Cass cleaning up the game like it's his fault. Uh, I mean, uh, we can. <laughs> <laughs> we can, but it hurts. And it just took me back to the Death Store episode with Bobby and his father. Interesting. Like, yeah. Bobby, Bobby and Bobby's mom are trying to like clean up the dinner that the dad threw. Yeah. And I was just like, why do you hurt us this way? <laughs> it was so sad. Yeah, it was very hard to watch like the moments where he well, yells at Cass and like yeah. how small Cass suddenly gets and like he's yeah. looking down and it, it's very uncomfortable to see. Um yeah, another thing, I mean, these cast reminds me a lot of Jack. Yes. Uh, yeah. we, it's especially when he says, I can't deal with conflict. No, I don't like conflict. And then he disappears, right? Yeah, and that's definitely. like, I mean, Jack does that a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and then when when he later on, like in, in next season, I think admits that he was suicidal when he and Dean are talking in the motel. And then we find, I mean, we see literally uh, Jack stabbing himself repeatedly after he over, overhears uh, Dean and Sam's conversation in yeah. season 14, I think. Yeah, so anyways, there are a lot of, like, parallels. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Before they even knew there was a Jack, there was Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Can we talk about how I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this guy's name? Anias? Yeah, I think he got it. Okay. Anias has a big-ass crush on Cass. So much. I'm so glad you guys got up. <laughs> I was like, when he touches Cass, I was like, do angels touch? What is going on? <laughs> yeah. It feels like Anias got a little bit bit by the humanity and having emotions bug because he's very much like trying to be very understanding with Cass and very gentle with him uh, yeah. in contrast to Hester. And it's so great. I mean, yeah. Hester was literally... <laughs> she literally died because of gays and at the end of gays. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Esther. Uh, I do like her, though. <laughs> I she's I a badass. That she, I forgot that she came up in this episode, and for a second, I was like, "Wait, did we skip the episode with Hester?" But then, when I saw Rufus's cabin with the with the angel proofing on it, I was like, "Oh no, wait, she's gonna show up!" And <laughs> yes, no, I love that she's like, "No more new gods" or something, and she's beating Cass up. I was like, "Go, girl, that's yeah. the spirit." <laughs> And yeah. no more promises. Yeah. Too. And just yeah. everything she says just feels like it came out of, you know, Shakespeare, Dante, or something like. Yeah, insane. Okay. Insane. Yeah. Let's talk about the line that she has that you alluded to, Sally. Uh, the very touch of you corrupts. When Castiel first laid a hand on you in hell, he was lost. Like, how do we read this as not romantic? Like, help me, help! Like, yeah. genuinely, I wanna, like, somebody guide me through this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really. But really. 
But really, and she <laughs> yells it right at Dean's face. It is so yeah! directed. It's not just, you know, they always joke about, you know, the Winchesters, but it's at Dean. Yes. And even though yeah. that was his job, that was Cass's job was to pull yep. him out I mean, of hell. It is, and everybody in this in that room knows that it's about Dean because Sam looks over to Dean as that line is said, and then the yep. guy whose name you didn't but butcher, but I would, and I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he also turns around to look at Dean. So like, yeah, yeah, insane, yeah. insane, insane. How else yeah. are we supposed to take that? But before that, I have another line that I want to talk about. Uh, that was that was uh, Dean talking to Kevin. Yes. Oh yeah, the angels. Yes. They don't care. I think maybe they just don't have the equipment to care. I think that when they try it, just breaks them apart. Yeah, I feel I feel that is I feel ever since they found Cass uh, and Cass came back, I mean, and they reunited, Dean has had like this anger, which for me also comes from a very Dean place. Like, I genuinely think that Dean is irritated at Cass saying that he doesn't care anymore. Like he because like Cass doesn't really want to do anything. He doesn't want to like fight a war and that is like a luxury Dean never had you know like yeah. when you get when you yeah. get angry at people for something you you wish for yourself but you like can't yeah. allow yourself to have and when mm -hmm. other other person does allow it to I mean uh can have it you are like subconsciously angry at them because yeah. like yeah. how why why can't I have the same thing. So that's where I think Dean Sanger originally is coming from because he's like, yeah, I have to had to like, you know, take all these responsibilities throughout my life and I could never had the opportunity or the possibility for me. There was never a possibility to step away from this. So I have to carry this forever. And like, at least like, he had this other guy who kind of wanted to share that load. And now that other guy is gone. And he's choosing not to do everything and just like ch ch chase, I don't know, flowers and bumblebees or whatever. And I think that's, that's w why he's very angry at the beginning. But I think he's working through that throughout these episodes. And like, he, he, I, I think like when he's talking to, to Kevin at that point, he is also talking to himself and kind of trying to rationalize what mm -hmm. Cass is going through. And that's why the conversation they have after, like after that, he never, never asks or de from from Cass or demands from him to help him fight the war. He says, "Yeah, I understand. You don't want. That's fine. I just, you know, like, can you do this little thing for me? That's all I'm asking." Yeah. Yes. I I just going along with what everything you just said, Sally. The line that. Cass has about I don't fight anymore I watch the bees I now am having this ideal you know post series vision of <laughs> Dean actually getting to retire the two of them settling down and obviously they're going to have they're going to be beekeepers they're going to watch the bees of they course. don't fight anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> their little their little cottage core life and they get what they should have gotten which is peace <laughs> yeah yeah although and what, what i just said i'm just gonna add a little detail i think it's the same for Cass, and i think seeing how alone really sam and dean are once bobby's gone and him witnessing that really makes him understand that like there's nobody else yeah so he kind of pushes himself and says, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this thing with you guys. Yeah. Mainly with Dean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what did I have? Oh, yeah. It just feels, yeah, very much. And I don't know if they intended this, but this is definitely how it came across, that it was definitely like a double speak about Cass. And yeah about what's going on with him. He feels like Cass doesn't care because there's still this, this wall between him being an angel and Dean being a human. And... Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, I, yeah. It just makes me think of that, that uh, thing that Jensen said about uh, the confession scene about how Dean just didn't even consider the possibility that Cass could feel that way because he's an angel. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I want to talk about. <laughs> Did you guys yeah, notice? That... Oh, I was just going to say, he also keeps forgetting about gay people existing. <laughs> yeah. That too. That that too. too. <laughs> Did you guys notice there? there is a line that goes, wait a second. Uh, uh... Where was the note? Why can't I find it? <laughs> there. What are you talking about, man? Which is like the exact same line that we get in, during the confession thing. Oh my god. Yeah, and like it's very interesting to, to, to compare like the delivery of that line here and there. And I honestly, I wouldn't say there is a lot of difference between those two deliveries. No. Holy wow. shit. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, uh, okay. I do want to talk about the the look on Cass's face after he's been beat up by Hester. When he's still on the ground and he's just looking up and he's got this absolutely serene look on his face. Yeah. With blood dripping down and it's just like what what is that post about men in supernatural <laughs> on their knees with blood on their face? Yep, yep. I think we this is where we open a tab on Misha Collins's name. <laughs> <laughs> got a tab for Justin. We got a tab for Misha. We got a tab for Ben Edlund <laughs> for emotional damage. It's it's almost. I mean, there's only so again. There's only so many ways you can shoot somebody like this, but. It's the same shot as Goodbye Stranger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just exactly. The blood, the lighting, the 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 face. It's just perfect. And speaking of bleeding, well, you know me. I'm always happy to bleed for the Winchesters. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that line, man? <laughs> 
I mean, that's like Kaz's thesis, basically, but... Yeah! (laughs) I just, I honestly, I hate that he bleeds without bleeding in that. I mean, he (laughs) just fills the bottle, and I I just, like, I don't know. If I was a... I mean, it would be a lot more effective if he had to cut himself. (laughs) I mean, because, like, I, I, I genuinely think that... Dean can can do with like seeing that Cass is actually not invincible like more often. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this guy can be actually hurt. Like look at him, he's cutting up his I don't know hand yeah. for you. Like what does this mean? Well, Do you think about it? <laughs> I mean, know? he did just have that scene with Hester, so yeah, he okay. did just that's, do that. That's true. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but, but no, you're you're right. There, no, it you're absolutely you're one hundred percent right. If they'd had a shot where he just like took Dean's knife out of his hand or something, and then just like cut him, oh, it would it would have been like just the icing on the cake. It would have been great. Yeah, yeah. And then I love the way this episode ends with Dean asking Cass, "What are you gonna do?" And then Cass says, "I don't know." Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's so good. He finally has, really has the free will that he'd been looking for. Yeah. And, and I feel. Course, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, of course, he gets sucked back into it pretty shortly after, but the fact that he has it. <laughs> but he does it of his own free will. But he does it of his own free will, but he he got to go, and and he says it in the next episode, he got he gets to go like wander around and then he starts thinking about Dean in the situation again and then he comes back of his own free will but it's just so his smiling in this episode is just it gives me life (laughs) yes I actually have a question for you guys yeah so do we like 100% believe that Cass is crazy in these episodes like he's like um or do we, I don't know, I'm just going back and forth for me personally that he kind of puts it, puts. I mean, he just pretends so that people, you know, like don't bug him too much because of all the things he's currently feeling. Uh, yeah. And- Ooh. I guess I haven't so, thought about it. Okay, here's, this is something I have thought about. Um... <laughs> I, uh, cause this was, Real crazy I started, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started watching the show, uh, between season seven and season eight. So this was right when all of this happened right before I started watching the show and I started watching live with season eight. Um, and so I had a lot of time, right. When I first, uh, started getting into this fandom to think about what the hell was going on with Cass. Um, And, and I had a lot of, you know, discussions with people on Tumblr and so on and so forth. Um, And first of all, I will say that I do not like the term crazy. Um, Yeah. (laughs) um, And no, it's, I mean, it's just kind of the way the world is right now. We use that term flippantly. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I use it flippantly sometimes too. So um, 
But I, I do think that, well, okay. There's that line earlier in this episode when Sam and Cass are talking and Sam is like, you know, trying to figure out what is going on with Cass. And he asked him if he was seeing Lucifer and all of that stuff. And uh, Cass says, I was lost until I took on your pain. Yeah. And I think that that reveals a lot of what is actually going on with Cass right now. I don't think that he's insane or anything like that. I think that by this point... He's just, I, I, I guess the term that I would use would be more like Zen. Yeah. And that level of Zenness <laughs> is, is so unattainable for people like Sam and Dean that it, comes off as crazy yeah yeah i would agree yeah that that makes sense although like uh i don't know he just goes he just goes between you know like one time one he just oftentimes starts talking about bees and other other stuff when i get the feeling he's trying to avoid the question but like when somebody presses him for answers, like then he finally does give like lucid answers to these questions. So, you know, like it, sometimes it feels like he's just using it. And there is a line Dean says, he's like, you are not sorry. You are playing sorry, which is, yeah, you know, like kind of Dean looking through all that bullshit and knowing that this is kind of front. But at the same time, I just find it very mean for Dean to say that because I think yeah. at this point, between before Metatron gave him all his knowledge, he, as Cass, is absolutely incapable of playing anything. Like he just yeah. doesn't have the means of that. Like he doesn't get the concept of like pretending to, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't think he's lying. And I wrote, Dean, look at his face. Of course he's sorry. Like he's he's been through this thing that he caused, but he's still like trying to grapple with the fact that he killed hundreds or thousands of angels in heaven. Like yeah. he kind of has to disassociate from that for a little bit to be able to like come to terms with it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I do see like, this is a, like a self-preservation thing. Oh, uh, in a way, yeah, definitely. And as especially when he's like, uh, when in, in the same conversation, Sam is like, yeah, we're going to make sure that you are better. We're going to make you better. And Cass is like, what does that even mean? Like, why better? I'm already, you know, like, well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that they had that scene between Sam and Cass because Sam finally gives him like a little bit of like, we love you. We're trying to understand you. Like it was yeah. just this really nice moment between them. And then he said, Oh, well, we'll make you better, which was more like, Oh, we'll make you a soldier again. Oh, yeah. And my yeah. heart broke a little bit, but that's the way that they've always seen him. Yeah. And like Rachel had said before, you only call him when you need something. 
So it was like having this acknowledgement of he's your friend, you care about him, and then also, well, we're going to make you better because, yeah, like you said, Sally, it comes across, as, or uh, Norrose, that it comes across as being unwell when he's really just able to see, like, the patterns in nature and stuff. He's, like, able to see past what humans can see. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it's, in general, it's very interesting. The first conversation, the one, one Dean and Sam are having before entering the room and seeing Cass for the first time, uh, when Dean is worried that he's going to find Cass in the same state that Sam was in, is literally mm-hmm. his, his worry. You know, like, the thing, that's like his insecurity, kind of, related to other things. And then Sam, what Sam says in that conversation is that, do you think he remembers? So the thing Sam is worried about is related to his own trauma of being, you know, in the same place and like hallucinating Lucifer and being, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a nice, nice way of knowing who prioritizes what as a, you know, and yeah, yeah. how past experiences shape that. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. Uh, um, yes, I just had one uh, fun fact that I found Go in for the it. IMDb trivia. Uh, when Sam says that Dean opened the tablet, every woman in her last month of pregnancy gave birth within 100 miles. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> during filming this episode, Jen had uh, gave birth to one of their kids. <laughs> it doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't say which kid, but um, <laughs> yes, uh, their son. So I guess he was their first kid. I guess I don't know. But um, yeah, so while filming this episode, <laughs> that happened. Oh, well, life imitates art. Exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, okay, survival of the fittest. Uh, dude, on my car, he showed up <laughs> naked, covered in bees. <laughs> a reminder that it was just before this episode when Ka- when Dean called Cass junkless when yep. he was yes. talking to Kevin, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, and never yeah. after this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, okay, Cass would totally per- on purpose show they're naked just to you know like contradict Dean. <laughs> that <laughs> he would. <laughs> Oh man. oh, man. Uh Something <sighs> about that scene that I never caught before, because obviously we focus on the idea that this had happened. Um, <laughs> I never caught before that Sam says, yeah, I'm not really sorry I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> Dean and Cass were alone when that happened. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Insane. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, if you think like what, like no, wait, don't stop. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> what does that contribute to the plot to the show? Like, why did they keep this in? Like, what is the purpose of that discussion or like conversation? Like, my guess, based on what we've seen from the real life reality of the show, is that they put it in there because it was funny. But for us, (laughs) it just feels like, I don't even know, like that Cass would just be 
I don't know, so excited that he found honey that was covered, <laughs> or like that he found more bees that he had to show Dean. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> I want to know what happened. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. So many ways that your brain could go with that, but yeah, just the fact that. Cass showed up to Dean alone, I think just adds to that experience. Naked. <laughs> naked. Yeah. Naked. You naked, showed yeah. naked. Naked, covered in bees. I just... Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, he really is love... one with nature, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love uh, when, the, when Meg knocks on the door and we don't know that it's Meg yet. Um, they're all, you know, on edge because who could it be and and dean says maybe it's good news and we're all sort of like no it's not it's never good news (laughs) but it actually is it's ass (laughs) what (laughs) good things do happen yeah Your transcendental boyfriend is in the car listening to Don McLean. It's good news. <laughs> and we have to talk about that song. Oh my god. I have this huge chunk of lyrics written down from this song. If if you would allow me to read it. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Please do. Uh Now I understand what you tried to say to me, how you suffered for your sanity, how you tried to set them free. They would not listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now. For they could not love you, but still your love was true. And on that starry, starry night, you took your life as lovers often do. But I could have told you, Vincent, the world was never meant for one as beautiful as you now this is a song for those who don't know about vincent van gogh um and it's a beautiful beautiful song look it up it's by it's called vincent by dong mclean um there are a bunch of covers too josh groban did a cover um (laughs) it's yeah uh it's a gorgeous song and it talks about uh, Van Gogh's, you know, struggle with uh, mental illness and how he ultimately committed suicide. And uh, like it says, uh, that last line that I said, uh, that last little bit, um, I could have told you, Vincent, the world was never meant for one as beautiful as you. Whoa. <laughs> I feel yeah. Yeah. I mean this is this is kids what subtext is. I mean why would you it's literally like and it's playing over their conversation. So that is like it's setting the entire tone for that scene. Yeah. Exactly. And this is a song I didn't look up when it came out, but this is a song that Dean would have heard growing up. Like yep. uh, the other big song song by Don McLean is American Pie. Yeah. So it's That's the a, same guy? Oh my god. It's, it's the same guy. I know, as, right? It's the same guy as American Pie. He so has the range. He yeah. has the range. 
<laughs> which is another song that I relate to Destiel very heavily in my mind, but that's oh, yeah. for a different time. But yes. um, yeah, so I almost feel like when we talked about the pause where the, the camera pans up and Dean kind of moves away from the window and he's looking over the roof of the car for a second. I think part of it is because he's like, okay, I have to mentally prepare to talk to Cass, but also that he's heard this song and that he has like sentimental attachments to it. Now I have to look up what year this song came out. So I'm not crazy. But uh, I will accept that. I like that. That hurts me in the best way. It's <laughs> <laughs> canon now. Okay. Uh, 19, 1971. So yeah, he would have probably heard this growing up. Maybe Mary sang it to him. Uh, this is, this is something he probably would have been familiar with. So, like, imagine getting hit by, like, a very sentimental song from your childhood, right, when you're trying to talk to this person who means so much to you. Blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, and then, speaking of subtext, <laughs> there's just so much in this scene. Um, <laughs> the, the line... I mean, how important is lipstick to you, Dean? Not very. <laughs> Just I, read into that what you will. <sighs> I know that this was like a straight way of having fun <laughs> incorporating <laughs> this, but like, please answer for your crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these with like panties and like other stuff like it like, really paints a different you know picture and I'm so tired of this <laughs> oh my god yeah seriously the places my brain goes because of that line right yeah uh, uh feeling very yeah Okay. <laughs> um, I want to uh, point out something that I hadn't really noticed before. Um, but Cass says when when he's telling them that uh, you know he went he was waiting to hear from Anias and uh, the other angel, um, and he didn't, and he looked into it and he basically tells Dean his entire garrison is dead. Yeah. His entire garrison is dead. Uh, we are all, all smiling here because this is the only way <laughs> we can handle it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, something, something military life and being like a solo soldier left behind i can't oh i can't god yeah and that he was the captain yes of his, of his garrison and now they're all gone everybody that he yeah, was responsible for yeah is it more ways Dean and Cass mirror each other or like parallel each other rather. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Very, very exactly. much. Oh man. Uh, um. Then, no. Okay. Sorry. 
No, go ahead. To put a little bit of levity into this really <laughs> uh, depressing conversation. Good boy. Um, That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to try to do, too. <laughs> so um, remember what I said about vegans? A couple what? episodes ago. Yeah. How how this whole plan that the Leviathans have just yeah. doesn't yeah. work when it comes to... And they yeah. give Kevin a burger <laughs> and he's like, I'm vegan. <laughs> it's like, what did I say? <laughs> but they do, in the, in the intervening episodes, though, they do talk about buying up different like processed food yes places so like there's i mean my partner's but the fact that they gave kevin a burger oh yeah for sure (laughs) but like you can have vegetarian food because they use the corn syrup um but there's still they're gonna do the coffee creamer too and the and the coffee creamer and stuff so like uh yeah there's still ways but there would definitely still be a ton of people that either don't have access or choose not to eat processed food who would have been totally fine and definitely yeah. would have noticed people dying everywhere <laughs> and disappearing so it's a flawed plan it's a flawed plan but it's an interesting plan because the leviathan are so weird and interesting but yeah you were you were validated. <laughs> it was funny, yes. Yep. I give them that. Yep. Cause I'm sure they had people going, but what about the vegans? <laughs> and then they threw that in there. Yep. Yep. They're like, it's fine, don't worry about it. Uh what was the thing you wanted to say, Kate? Oh, I was just gonna say there's some pretty great just random goofy shit in this episode like Crowley, the king of hell, saying, text me when Sparkles finds his marbles. (laughs) But less the marbles and more the king of hell just being like, text me. And he's just (laughs) super cash about it. It's great. But then when Cass reappears later that night and he, he appears and he puts his hand on Dean's shoulder, specifically, and then offers them sandwiches as a gesture of solidarity. It just <laughs> warms my cold, dead heart. How sweet he is! <laughs> any, 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 any inspected and comforted the hog before <laughs> slaughtering it <laughs> for the ham. <laughs> oh my god! It's so good. Oh. And then, yes, Dean. Like, Cass having his moment about, should we get a cat? I feel like we're one species short. <laughs> that was adorable. <laughs> adorable. Love it so much. Uh, especially, um, it's, I just particularly like that line in conjunction with uh, his earlier thing about um, uh, male cats having barbed penises. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I, I, I just made that connection. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh no. Uh, the females weren't oh. consulted on that. Yes. <laughs> Which is then funny because he says the thing about the cat, and then Dean says, "Got anything to say on the subject of dicks?" <laughs> <laughs> 
referring to Dick Roman, but also their previous conversation. Yep, yep. Um, <sighs> yeah. yeah. There is also a joke there how Cass can tell which one is the real Dick. <laughs> it's just funny to me. <laughs> like, Also, that he just says, we should play Twister, and then disappears. <laughs> Gone. Oh, I love that shot, because in that shot, you can see that, I mean, obviously everything Cass or Misha has worn on the show is oversized. I don't know why. But also, his shoes are at least two sizes too big. <laughs> so there is a space people behind his hill. <laughs> so fun. When he's on the mat, and it just like makes it all more adorable. I don't know. Yep, it's so cute. Yep. I love it. Should we talk about the scene? Yeah, I guess it's that time. Okay, <clears throat> I have to obviously read some lines here. So, uh, I'm not good luck, Dean. You know what? Bottom of the ninth, and you're the only guy I left on the bench. Sorry. But I'd rather have you. Cursed or not. And anyway, nut up. We're all cursed. I see my good luck to you. And then Cass has this kind of smile. And Dean goes, what? Cass says, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. But I detect a note of forgiveness. Yeah, well, probably going to die tomorrow. So, well... I'll go with you and I'll do my best. Literally this entire conversation, I just like, I want to get it tattooed on my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, him, it's like, he, I don't know. I just, him saying that uh, he'd have cast cursed or not. But also, yep. also that like he is in my head, he is kind of afraid to of that, like not to be interpreted in like a bad way. So he like backpedals and goes like, "Aren't we all cursed?" So he's trying to make that relatable to himself, so he can yeah. kind of let him gent down gently, or just like establish a connection there. Yeah. It's yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and the ever present theme of in Destiel of I'll go with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always. Always. But also like um, I'm thinking about about um, that scene in Trap uh, season 15 episode yeah. 9 where, mm -hmm. where he is basically like Dean is on his knees apologizing or yeah. he's like I forgive you. So yeah. for me it's kind of like when Cass says here that he detects a note of forgiveness, which means that that is something he wants from Dean. Yeah. So in my head, it could be something that Dean thinks about in the future yeah. and just like thinks, oh, this is what Cass wanted. Maybe he wants it now too. So he kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it definitely feels like that because Cass has already established that he can like see beyond what humans can see or at least that's 
my interpretation of it when he says like I saw the route of flowers and I saw yeah. how everything goes together. I mean, there's a lot of different discussions about what Cass sees when he looks at people. Like, does he see their soul? Does he see more than just like what we see in our like visual range? So yeah, he's definitely still very insightful, even though he's not behaving the same way that we see a regular Cass. But yeah, yeah. It must be so hard to be cast because, like, the way I see his character, and there is, like, a lore, <laughs> for the lack of a better word, to support this, like, is he can pick up, like, on feelings of people who are close to him, like Claire and yeah. other people. And it's insane because, like, imagine, like, having that ability and having to, like, live and be with Dean, like, in close proximity, and you are picking up on all these signals and they are telling this this one thing, and then when you are actually talking to the person, they are like, no, you are wrong. You, The thing you picked up, it's, it's exactly the opposite of what I actually want. And it's like, <laughs> I would go insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot of mental gymnastics to think about. <laughs> yeah. But that's just, that's what Dean does his whole life. Like, Dean probably doesn't even realize that he's doing it. Yeah. Because he's so, he's so repressed and yeah. broken. <sighs> Baby's back. Baby's back. With an epic song choice. Yes. An epic driver. <laughs> and an epic driver. I have yeah, okay. feelings how, about How did they let Meg drive baby? They didn't. You, I mean, you would... Ah, okay. I mean, in this story, I don't know. In reality, it probably wasn't the actress who well, played yes, Matt. Well, yes, obviously. <laughs> but, but Dean let Meg, a demon, get behind the wheel of his car. You know how it is when it's like last night of Earth <laughs> situation. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's goes to everything goes to hell. Like, yeah, no strings to that. He couldn't be away from Cass. Yeah, he had, he had to choose, and like the Thank fact you, that they Dave. were they, the <laughs> fact that they were having this conversation in front of Baby under the tarp. Yeah, um, this last conversation, he chooses Cass, even though he misses his car. He loves his car. <laughs> yeah, uh, he lets Meg drive it. And it hurts my heart because they have these beautiful shots of the Impala and I'm way too attached to the Impala. And then Meg crashes <laughs> it into the side. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I just wanted her to like lean on the, like park it outside and then just lean on the horn like an <laughs> asshole and just like keep beeping it. Would have achieved the same thing and would have been way funnier and made more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> But I love that the Impala is so, like, sturdy, old-timey uh, construction before we had things like safety and crumple zones that it just, <laughs> not a scratch on it when it goes through yeah. the yeah. last time. <laughs> I was, it was, you know, when you read, uh, this is, like, not really related, but the other day I was reading, reading a fanfic and it had a line about, like, them not using like safety belts, not fastening safety belts in the back of Impala and I was like, pretty sure Impala is so old that he didn't have even a come with <laughs> yeah. safety belts. <laughs> you don't really see people um, wearing them in the back. I mean, wouldn't because no. this is like TV and on TV you don't really do that. I mean, you know, in the yeah. same way there yeah. are no parts of cars get like pulled out. So 
cameras yeah. can fit inside. But I, I, I really don't think Impalas have safe belt, safety belts. I mean, T-69s at least. <laughs> the modern ones do. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love when we're fighting, when we're, we're like confronting Dick and, and Cass immediately just grabs Dean and shoves him behind him to go for Dick himself. And yes. it's just... He's after all of this, I, you know, I don't, I don't fight anymore. I don't like conflict, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then without hesitation, he steps up first. Yeah. yeah. I do. I do genuinely, I mean, he says it himself, but like the, the beef Cass has with fighting is that he thinks he's going to make things worse. So he yeah. thinks he's going to again majorly fuck up and like cause everybody to die again something so that's why he doesn't want to do it so once he's in it i mean obviously dean is a priority yeah yeah and he again with the pushing dean out of the way and how that gets called back in the confession scene yep oh god i hate it here (laughs) (laughs) i hate it i hate it on this planet um, Mom, pick me up! Something <laughs> is making me cry again. <laughs> um, yeah, and that right before that, when they're when he's having Cass check to see which one is the real uh, Dick Roman, and he Cass goes and peeks and looks and turns back, and then they're like face to face and like looking at each other eye to eye. The shot that gets gift so often, I'm just yeah. like, oh. I love it. Yeah. It's like his eyes are big again, like when we first saw him in the hospital. Yeah. And it's just so. If that had been, if they hadn't been cowards or if it had been a heterosexual pairing, that would have been automatically romantic. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And then we end the season with purgatory. Yay! Yeah, I'm so excited. So excited. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm excited for all the big and I'm very excited for Benny. <laughs> Benny, yes. my beloved. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Um. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't have much other than I love that they added the like mysterious creatures with the red eyes. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just like, what are those? And then they never come back <laughs> season eight. Uh and I completely forgot that Sam was left completely alone. Alone. Yeah. I, f- yeah. I forgot that Kevin got taken. Oh, and this that... is w- yeah, this is where, where Kevin keeps calling him in the next season and he doesn't pick up. Yeah. <laughs> is this when it happens? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, he gets yeah. Amelia. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. But we'll talk about that in a couple of episodes. Uh, first, though, next episode, we're going to do our gamble era. Um, and that'll sure be an interesting conversation because no one <laughs> oh no one really cares for the gamble era. Um, and then we will start on season great. Hi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was 
thinking about this, and I think like season eight and season twelve are probably my favorite ones, but also season four. I don't know. <laughs> there are a lot of seasons. There's a lot of seasons. There's so much content. Yeah, they've yeah. got different things going for them, but yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited. And uh, in the meantime, this has been Heller Radio. I'm Nora Rose. I am Sully. And I'm Kate. We have sound editing by Josh. Music by Kalua. Give them hell, Hellers. Let me cry.